Hey guys, welcome to this awesome episode of Bono Stuff. We are joined by Mike Castelli of Nova3 Labs. He is uh, a BAMF and all around uh, BAMF is the best way to describe it. If you don't know what that is, Google it. It's not safe for work though. Um, firefighter by day, kind of nutrition coach by night. He knows more about a lot of physiological stuff than most practitioners out there and I just wanted to get him on to talk about some of the stuff he's helped me with over the years. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you get a lot out of it. We go deep into a lot of nutritional supplements, uh, different things there, stress management. I had a great time. I hope you guys get a lot out of it again and uh, he did give us a code. If you want to order any of the supplements from Nova3Labs, use code Elevated. 15, which is also their podcast, the Elevated uh, Podcast. So check it out. Hope you have a great time listening to this one. Uh, get 1% better, and we'll see you next time. Enjoy. Uh, here we are, live with Mike Kestely. Kestely. I always kind of want to butcher your name, but I don't. That's okay, man. Kestely. I know however you want to say it. Kestely's good. Kestely. Kestely. yeah. Mm-hmm. Always playing around with that. Um, real quick, guys, if you're not familiar with this guy... Um, I, I, we were just talking before I, I first got to kind of work with him back through the old OPEX kind of certification and, uh, my own personal health journey back in like 2011, 12, whatever time that was. Um, and, uh, quick background. He's been a firefighter for 26 years now and a nutrition coach for 11 years. Uh, so a lot of interesting stuff. We have a lot of shared philosophy and then the other very cool thing about Mike is he is the co-owner, founder of Nova3 Labs. So if you guys are anywhere in the CrossFit space, you probably saw some athletes that use these products. I've used a bunch of them over the years. Uh, we'll talk and touch on some of that. And uh, again, I'm excited for this chat um, and just checking in. Mike, wh- where are you? Where, what's going on today? Um, how you doing? Good, man. I'm excellent. I'm in uh, Lethbridge, Alberta. That's where I've been living for the past, oh, 21 years or so. That's Canada just, for, for that's anyone Canada. not familiar. <laughs> yeah, just a little stone's throw north of the uh, Montana border. So it's a beautiful mm. area. And um, yeah, just uh, this is a regular part of my day. Um, if I'm not at the fire hall, I'm usually in front of this computer and talking to people about nutrition. So yeah. here I am doing something I love. So. <laughs> Very cool, man. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time as always. And mm-hmm. yeah, I want to jump into it. Um, and I want to, uh, we talked about some different topics uh, yeah. that, that we might cover. And, and then in terms of the, the I guess, the, the supplements that, you know, I would say is probably the most prominent part of, of uh, where, where I think of you anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for those not familiar, some of the um, products that these guys offer is max adrenal. So something to deal with when, when you've heard the term adrenal function. And I don't know if anything's changed on your end, if that's still a BS term or it's, <laughs> it's just, it's just a misunderstood yeah. concept, right? We go d- down the rabbit hole and I don't know how deep we have to get about HPA axis and all this fun stuff, but, yeah. uh, but max adrenal, something that again, at the end of the day, um, and the reason I always defer to Mike is we've spoken on his, formulations, the fact that they played with different, you know, I know he's gone through this kind of very authentic process of saying, A, looking at research and saying, oh, like that level of ashwagandha is not good enough. Or, you know, like, I know you, you're a nerd. 
you know, part, you know, I don't think you get offended by that term. Um, it, it has some negative <laughs> connotations, but again, having heard you on many different podcasts, your own podcast, um, and, and spoken with you a number of times, again, about my own health, about um, different things. It's just amazing to see the level of, uh, you know, and, and again, me knowing, I'll, I'll say, I'll step back and say me knowing how difficult supplements are and how complicated when we talk about, again, something like ashwagandha or, um, you know, rhodiola or these different herbal things, especially, um, the, the, the question becomes like, how do we know what the formulations are and things like that? So, and I know that Mike has put the due diligence into, um, you know, finding the best formulations that are going to work for different concepts, like getting your adrenal function better and things like that. So a concept like max adrenal, uh, mm. max sleep, which is super interesting, um, mm. a, a way to improve your sleep quality, which at the end of the day, you know, uh, Mike is a firefighter shift worker, so he doesn't have, and, and a lot of this came out of necessity, yeah. right? That, that you came up with this stuff. So totally. um, I, I don't know if you want to touch on, on, on some of those concepts, yeah. cause I'm kind of jumping all over the place. No, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, this, yeah, this, where, where do we even start? You know, the supplement world is kind of like the Wild West. For sure. Yeah. There's not a lot of regulation. It's getting way better. Um, there's probably more regulation within Canada than the U.S. And, and then depending how you look at it, that's good or bad. Um, as soon as you have a lot of regulation, it can make it really difficult to formulate what you want. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, if there's no regulation, you're like, hey, cool, I can do whatever I want. And right. and. You know, because of that, in this day and age, there's a lot of criticism for towards the supplement industry, and it, it's it's totally earned. It's like people, especially consumers, they want to know what's in there. They want to know it's been tested. They want to sure there's no banned substances in there. Um, and 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 with that in mind, um, you know, back when I first started formulating supplements, it actually happened by accident. Now, I've I've told this story before, um, but I don't think a lot of people realize it. It's um, prior to. Nova three labs and prior to it being called Nova three labs, it was dynamic nutrition. And that, that was, that was my company that I started way back when. And, and I started that reluctantly. Like I'm, I'm a, I would describe myself as a very reluctant entrepreneur. <laughs> I never got into this to start a business. I never got into this to professionally consult with athletes. I, I did this on my own for myself. It's like, Hey, I want to learn as much as I can about nutrition. Um, when I got into the whole CrossFit industry, I was, a little long in the tooth. I was about 35 when I first got into it. And that was in 2007. And, um, and I thought, man, I need to do everything I can to try to be a better athlete because competing against these guys in their twenties is really killing me. And so I started to look into nutrition I started to look into supplementation and a really long story short. Um, when I started to consult with athletes, I was using a bunch of different products from a bunch of different companies and, and as I was sitting around one day, I'm like, man, you know, I wonder if, wonder if I could find somebody just to make this into like one product that would just be nice and convenient for me to give to my athletes. And I got really lucky with a company that was a turnkey production company. And basically they said, yeah, we'll, we'll put this formula together for you. We'll bottle it for you. We'll design a label for you and you can have it. And so boom, I had 75 units of the original max uh, adrenal and actually i've got the original bottle sitting on the back shelf oh. i don't know if you can see uh where is it yeah you just see it right back there yeah it's the old one yeah so yeah. it's the only one left in the world so <laughs> yeah so when i got that i was like oh well cool that was really simple and little did i know that it actually really isn't that simple within the supplement industry but i got really lucky 
and from there things kind of took off. Um, and in, you know, the business grew over the years and I developed some other formulas and all these formulas were based on what I saw my clients needed. And then what I saw really I needed because I had trialed all this stuff on myself prior to putting a formula together. And that's the way I always did things. And so max adrenal is a pretty complex formula and it's, it's a lot of herbal adaptogens. It's, it's got a, a fair amount of uh, neurotransmitter precursors in there. And we, we had been talking earlier about adrenal, adrenal fatigue or HPA axis dysfunction. And there's a lot of controversy about that. And, you know, I kind of get a sideways grin when I start talking about it because, you know, social, and I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Social media is amazing. It's totally amazing. The ability to connect people with one another is mind blowing. But one of the downsides is you get lots of people with lots of different opinions on there. And one of the very good things nowadays is there's lots of very well-educated and experienced people jumping onto social media and talking about what they're passionate about, whether it's an endocrinologist talking about whether adrenal fatigue exists, or it could be, you know, Susie soccer mom selling her skinny fat tea. I mean, it's like <laughs> one extreme to the other. And so yeah. people are like, ah, oh, I don't know what's true anymore. And when it comes to, so adrenal fatigue is a bit of, um, it's an overused term for sure. And you're right when we talk about HPA access dysfunction, that's probably more of a correct term. Mm. And the, the thing is, it's really hard to measure that. It's really right. hard to measure that. Now through lab testing, you know, I can take a look and see if people, you know, they got like reduced cortisol output, they have reduced androgens, they got reduced progesterone, reduced DHEA. Um, and whether or not we want to give it a label of HPA access dysfunction or, or adrenal fatigue, you know, people are chronically overtrained and chronically stressed, right? Mm -hmm. And through my lab testing with athletes, I saw this. So I started to utilize different formulas, different herbal adaptogens, just as support. I'm like, okay, what's the fix to this problem? We got to reduce some stress. And that involves mm -hmm. training, nutrition, lifestyle, right? Where do the supplements come in? The supplements come in as a Band-Aid, for sure. And they're only ever meant to be a Band-Aid solution. It's like, Max Adrenal isn't going to fix your issues. It's going to help you feel better while you're trying to fix your issues. And there's a big difference with that. So when I formulated that, it was it was a fairly, fairly surprising success. Um, lots of people really liked it. Lots of people wanted it. Lots of people wanted to continually have it. When they ran out, I would get mad texts and emails. And <laughs> it was never meant that way, but it, it turned out it turned out well. And it's it's obviously a staple with um, my life as a firefighter. So yeah, and then from there, you know. Um, went on to, to formulate a bunch of different products and honestly, all based on need, um, how I was training at, as an athlete at the time and which has changed to where I am now. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of a nutshell, um, you know, Cole's notes version of where the company <laughs> came from. And now, you know, I've gone through a few business partners over the years and that's the way business goes, but, mm -hmm. um, I've got a really phenomenal business partner based in Canada now, and she does all the operational side of Nova and Nova's gotten, way bigger than I have. That's for sure. Um, I'm a very small cog in a big wheel these days and that's the way I kind of want it. So I like to do my stuff behind the scenes. So yeah. Yeah. yeah man. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, it remind you were talking about the social media thing and it's kind of, yeah. kind of relevant to our, our possibly some stuff we're going to talk about, but, cool. um, it was a day or two ago and I was listening to a podcast with Eric Rosa, the new, uh, owner of CrossFit. Right. And at the end, he actually, uh, the guy asked him about the, it was, it was on the Whoop podcast, which mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a fan of the Whoop. I'm wearing one now. I don't know how you mm -hmm. feel about it or 
we can talk bet. about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good topic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he mentioned uh, he's investing in a company, I think, called Wild Health, which looks at genomics mm. and told him that he um, he does not do well with saturated fat. So it, it, it affected him. Uh, Bobbity Bob that he's I think he's investing in those guys. And again, he, he's a, for those not familiar, he's a very successful investor. Yeah. Uh, you know, hence he was able to kind of purchase the entire brand of CrossFit. Um, but what was funny about that, that was the end of the podcast. So I finished that podcast to your point about social media. I go back to an audio book I was listening to called Deep Medicine. I don't know if you've seen that one, mm -hmm. uh, but this guy, Eric Topol, I believe is the name. Um, it's about kind of artificial intelligence in uh, medicine and how it can be used to read radiographs or can, you know, is, is, are, are we going to be able to create these algorithms that say, Hey, your adrenal function is, is a little messed up based on these lab readings. Maybe you need some Nova three labs. Right. Um, but what was funny is I went right back to what ran, whatever random part of the book and within the first like minute or two of listening to it, it just totally blew my mind because he straight up says there is absolutely no evidence to support this kind of genetic, personalized diet and and yeah. this the book came out a year ago 20 or 2019 so i don't know if uh, again these guys are on onto something new but he straight up says uh anybody claiming it otherwise is is just trying to pull the wool over you so bottom line is again to that point of social media kind of you know it's it's there's a lot out there um it's yeah. hard to to figure out what's what's authentic what's not and again i come back to the fact that having had conversations with you know that, you know uh, i trust that you've put in the, the time, energy, work into um, making sure that those formulations are good. Like, again, I even know uh, you guys, uh, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but the very first uh, whey protein I think you came out with um, tasted like from, you know, just, just yeah, not, not great. I would say it was very chalky, didn't have a lot going on. You guys tried to keep it clean from what I understand. But then in terms of finding yeah. a flavor that was very palatable and creating something better um which it, from what i understand i haven't tried the latest uh there's like a sea salt uh yeah. sea salt version sea salt that, caramel uh, yeah. yeah caramel that uh one of my former clients who's pretty good uh crossfit athlete uh was was raving about it i was like oh i'm glad they figured that one out and again i kind of <laughs> i, I kind of knew they would but uh yeah i still yeah. have a little bit of um chalky trauma from from the, that first <laughs> formulation yeah yeah you you always get it right the first time it's kind of yeah. nice when you do but um it's funny because behind the scenes, there's a lot more fails than there are successes. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, you know, I'll talk about a supplement that'll be coming out and, you know, let's say it's January and we might get it out by like maybe December if we're lucky. And just because it goes through right. a lot of trial and error and there's times when we do everything seems perfect, we'll get one put together and I'll do a taste test. I'll be like, this is, this is totally horrible. Like we cannot, we cannot sell this to people. Um, so yeah, that goes on a lot behind the scenes. It's interesting about the nutrigenomics. Um, and, the, and the DNA testing. Um, I, have a, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, there was a point when I thought, and I still do, I think this is, this is potentially the future of nutrition. And there's, there's a reason why lots of companies are getting into this. Um, one, because there's consumer interest. Um, two, because the testing, the cost of testing DNA is extremely affordable now compared to where it was 10 years ago, right? Right, it's so like a... What I heard them say, sorry, was like a hundred dollars kind of thing now compared to yeah. probably multiples of thousands of dollars a few totally. years ago. Yeah, um, and I, th I think I think the potential's there, but I, I I am I very strongly believe it's not even where it should be yet. Um, 
at one point in time, I was looking to get into a partnership with a DNA testing company. And I took a look, you know, I had my DNA tested and I've had my DNA tested a number of times through different companies. I find it really interesting. And that's about where it ends. It's very interesting. Right. Um, as far as the uh, application um, and implementability, I guess if that's even a word of, of <laughs> what you read is, 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 you know, it's pretty short. It's pretty minor. Mm. Um, and I just wasn't happy with it because it was, I just thought, you know, would I, would this change what I do with my clients? And I thought, no, it's not going to, right. It's not going to change what I'm doing with my clients. Um, And in fact, it might lead them astray in some areas. So I think it's, I think it's interesting. I just don't think it's there yet. Um, Yeah. That's kind of my, my take on it. You know, I've, I've run my DNA through 23andMe a couple of times as they've Mm -hmm. updated and they're, they're probably the leader in, in DNA analysis. Another company will say, no, no, we do it better. Um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's all pretty standard. I end up taking my raw data from 23andMe and then I run it through Dr. Rhonda Patrick's website, mm-hmm. my fitness. And I like what she has to put out about that. And mm-hmm. it's interesting about the saturated fat because um, with my DNA analysis, it comes back as, you know, um, I shouldn't be eating saturated fat at all. And mm. basically I have, have the genetic markers for it to affect me from a cardiovascular point of view, mm. which is interesting because when I eat saturated fat, it tastes good and <laughs> I feel and I feel really good. And it doesn't right. really, at least from a self-perception point of view, it doesn't really negatively affect me. But then it's like, okay, if I continue to eat bacon like a boss for like 30 plus years, what might happen, right? right. Cardiovascular disease doesn't run in my family. Um, you know, stroke and, and cerebral vascular accidents run in my family. So I'm like, eh, maybe I'll just cut down on saturated fat a little bit. And it's, yeah, that's about, that's about where it's at for mm. me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, along, along those same lines, I guess. And again, you're probably up on the, the research on this too. How do you feel about allergy testing? Like yeah. food, food allergy specifically, right? Yeah. Well, and you know, that's something that I utilize, but I utilize it a lot less frequently than I do did in the past and it has its uses. So something like, let's say an, an Alcat test or um, an IgG test. So I'll utilize IgG and he's a company out of uh, Kansas for this. And it, so it's immunoglobulin G. So it's measuring antibodies, IgG antibodies that your body has built against about, you know, 90 to hundred different types of foods. That's the typical yeah. test. Um, you can have a lot of false positives with that for sure. Um, what I, so to, before I go off on a tangent, I think there's merit in it, but I think it's, it's, you got to hold it with like a critical eye. Like it's not the be all end all. Like if somebody is, let's say having GI issues and we can't figure out what it is, um, there might be a use to getting tested. Um, I've seen it where people have gotten tested, boom, boom, boom. They've seen, oh, you've got elevated antibodies to casein protein, to egg yolks, to egg whites and gluten. Cool. Okay. Let's remove those. And boom, lo and behold, you remove those client feels a million times better. Right. Right. Um, does, does that mean that that is standard and you have to do that test? No, you probably could have figured that out. Those are very common offenders. It's like pretty rare. Someone's going to have like an IgG, uh, elevated antibodies to like peaches or something like that. Right? Mm-hmm. And then they remove peaches and all their world changes. Like it's, right. that's pretty rare. It's usually the common dietary offenders. So it's useful, but at the same time, it's not necessary. It's, it's pretty rare. I've ever had a client where we haven't done some sort of form of um, food elimination, where we've gone, I've gone through their food logs, we've taken a look, we've been like, okay, let's pull this, this, and this, and then we get to a point of like, damn, I don't know. Okay, let's do a let's do an allergy test. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think they're they're valid, but they also have a lot of holes in them 
for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, that's I, my, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I've had a few recent conversations with folks about, you know, cause their doctors are recommending this and I'm just like, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan. Cause, cause no. it tends again, especially with the, the traditional, if you want to call it allopathic medicine, um, it's, it's just tends to be, okay. Yeah. You're allergic to these things, like just eliminate them. And, and it's a very kind of simplified, I think, way to look at it. Uh, and again, I, again, I just don't think the science is there no. about the, the accuracy, the sensitivity, the specificity. Again, if we're going to go down the, yeah. the, uh, the, the scientific side of it. So, uh, yeah, yeah again, and I, I don't want to, I, I feel like I, I continue the, 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 the further I get into my career, the more I want to question and mm-hmm. challenge <laughs> the, uh, the mainstream and, and the, the standard kind of practice that goes on out there. And again, these are people, it's one of my wife's best friends who is asking me about, you know, allergy testing. And I'm like, yeah, like I just, I like, you have to do what you have to do. Um, but you know, like um, if you're asking me, like, I just don't believe in it. And, and I think there's better ways. And I think there's, you know, again, like we can try to eliminate certain things and we can, you know, try to reintroduce certain things and, and go off of a more N equals one, if you will, of yeah. experimenting on, on yourself in that way without, again, these expensive tests that, again, don't necessarily have that much accuracy, validity, whatever we want to call it. Um, Yeah. 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 I end up testing a lot less than I used to. Um, When I first got into it, I was like, Ooh, this is cool. This is like the next level. This is what's going to create, you know, monster athletes and we're going to figure out stuff. And it didn't really turn out that way. Um, And, you know, way back when, and I have no, every podcast, I always seem to have a James quote, Um, (laughs) but (laughs) He's a very quotable guy for those. He's a very uh, quotable guy. For those not familiar, I'm going to say that's James Fitzgerald, founder of OPEX and uh, formerly OPT. And he was the very first CrossFit Games champion in 2007. But yeah. Yeah, he's been, uh, yeah, he's been influential for a lot of people. Um, Very quotable fella. Yeah. Way back when he said, you know, he said, I don't really do much testing. He says, normally I can just look at somebody and I can pretty much guess what their lab values are going to be. And at the time I'm like, Wow, that is like the most <laughs> egotistical thing I've ever heard anyone say. And I'm like, I can't even believe this guy said that. I get it now, though. It's like after you've done a lot of testing, you know, a client will come to you complaining of certain signs and symptoms. And you can like, oh, I, I bet you if I ran their labs, I'd guess what their cortisol could be. I guess what their testosterone could be. Like you can pretty co- pretty much paint a pretty good picture. Um, IgG testing, does it fall into there? I don't know. But um, yeah, I would agree with you. It's like... The, the science is very limited on it. It can be useful, but there's there's lots of holes in it. Um, yeah. as, a, as an interesting example, I tested, um, there was a couple of, there was a set of twins I tested once mm. and they were former pro baseball players. They had got out of pro baseball, but they were still athletes and they had never, ever consumed coffee. Never. Huh. They, they came from Mormon, like from the Mormon culture. So they had right. never consumed coffee and their mother had never consumed coffee. Um, when I ran their IgG tests, their antibodies for coffee were like off the chart Hmm. and it's like, well, they never consume it. They've never had it. Why would they even have antibodies to it? Right. And it's like, when I test myself, it's like, yeah, my antibodies for coffee are off the chart. I drink coffee every day and I drink a lot of coffee every day. So you can have false positives for sure. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So anyways, yeah. Labs. They're like, take them with a grain of salt as with anything. So yeah, Mm. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's just, it's uh, yeah, there's no perfect system. And if there was, you know, you, we, we'd have just like with weight loss, everyone would be on that one thing. (laughs) That one thing. Yeah. It was, and it's uh, there's a reason it's called like medical practice 
or, you know, uh-huh. whatever you want to practice, we have to keep trying different things. And, yeah. and you know, and, and that's what I think a lot of folks keep losing on, on sight of is, is the fact that this is a, again, it's a process, it's a journey. That it, and if, it's so tempting to say, like, you know, I, you mentioned, and I kept wanting to jump in to say, like, yeah, like, this, this sounds awesome, like genetic testing, like, we should be able to look at the, the thing that, like, our software says on, you know, that's already written, and we can't even change what that is. So if we can see what that code is, and then we can read it. Uh, we have the key. We can say like, yeah, like uh, Mike needs to never have coffee again, or you know, like, and never have bacon again, and he's yep. going to be the healthiest version of himself. If we could really, truly say that, that's that's incredible. It's going to stink that you don't have coffee and bacon, but you're going to be willing to make that sacrifice if you really know that the science and like your DNA says you shouldn't be doing that. So, and exactly. you're going to live a longer, happier life. But unfortunately it doesn't work like that and the same no. thing with this allergy testing it's very tempting we all our lizard brains all want this like simple thing right and yes. that's where i guess we can transition over to talking about the whoop and your thoughts on yeah. that oh yeah because <laughs> because uh yeah it's it's uh that's something where again it's like i want more data to tell me am i recovered can i live mm-hmm. you know what what decision what things can i use to b- make better decisions about my health so yeah what's what's your take on all that what's my take on the whoop yeah so i have a whoop um i'm not wearing it i'm wearing an apple watch right now um so i have a whoop um how do i get in it without totally bashing on whoop so i think whoop's a great company (laughs) um and they they actually approached us nova quite a few years ago and they just said hey you know you guys have a lot of athletes um you know why don't we get into some sort of partnership and you can get your athletes these whoops and they can have them use them and i was like cool yeah this is really awesome i had a lot of clients using the whoop i was taking a look at their data um, really without being totally long winded on it, you can get paralysis by analysis. When you take a look yeah. at data, like people love numbers, they love data. And really what they're looking for is like the answer. What is the answer I'm looking for? Like how much sleep am I getting? How much slow wave sleep am I getting? How much strain do I have? Where's my heart rate variability? Um, you know, there's value in it, but, um, it's, it, once again, you know, I'm going to quote somebody else. I'm going to quote Dr. Andy Galpin. Um, mm-hmm. He absolutely hates, I'm not going to quote him. I guess I'll just tell a story <laughs> about him. He absolutely hates these devices. He hates Well, he was, he was a co-author of Unplugged, I believe, yeah. with Brian McKenzie, where they basically were saying all of these uh, devices are kind of overkill. And, and totally. they, made a, they wrote an entire book, basically, um, bash, not bashing, but again, like, Kind of, kind of warning uh, of of over utilizing these things, where we're going to get to a point of it telling you like, "Hey, drink some water. You're, you're you should be thirsty," uh, instead yeah. of listening to our own body signals. Basically, totally. So. Yeah, biofeedback. Biofeedback is so so much. It's so relevant. It's so relevant, and you can use them in conjunction. And a really good example would be Brent Fakowski. So he is he is the data god for sure. Um, this guy has spreadsheets upon spreadsheets, even on just his sleep. On his sleep, he tracks 17 different variables for sleep. Um, wow. I don't think I've ever seen an athlete so dialed. It's it's actually <clears throat> fairly impressive. And he doesn't get paralysis by analysis. You know, he's a former accountant by trade, so he's right. used to looking at data. And They the, call the him really, the professor. They call him the That's professor for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he has data going back years and years mm-hmm. and years. And when you have accumulated that much data and let's say one, it hasn't caused you anxiety in the first place um, mm-hmm. because that's what a lot of this will do. It'll cause anxiety by looking at numbers. I'll, I'll 
in a bit, I'll tell you a personal anecdote on that. Um, it doesn't cause anxiety. Cool. If you've got a, years of a data accumulated, you can start to see trends, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you still need to correlate those trends with your own biofeedback. And Brent's really awesome at that. He'll be like, yeah, you know what? My sleep was here. My sleep was here. My slow wave sleep. I only got X amount of minutes. But this morning I woke up and, you know, I didn't feel as great as I did. So that makes sense. It correlates with the data. Um, but he might have a morning when he wakes up and he's like, yeah, you know what? I feel really good. I'm going to freaking kill it today. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what the data says. So he's, he's right. still going by biofeedback. He's not letting the data dictate how he's supposed to train. And mm -hmm. I think we can, that can be carried over into like, you know, all different types of athletes, you know, not just elite athletes where it's like, if you wake up and you feel like you got hit by a train, regardless of what your watch says, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't train. Right. And then if you wake up and you feel like a million bucks, but you're, you know, your watch says, oh, you know, your strain's too high. You shouldn't train today. You're in the red. Um, if you feel good, train. Like that's about how simple it should be. Mm. Um, so I, I got in early on the whoop and I started to track my sleep. So I'm pretty notorious for having some pretty nasty sleep patterns. And that <laughs> has a lot to do with shift work. Right. And, you know, and at the time my sleep was really good. It's like I was sleeping solid eight plus hours, feeling great. But every time I looked at my watch, it was like my slow wave sleep, I would get like 10 minutes. I'd get zero minutes. Hmm. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? There's something wrong with me. I'm going to die. I'm not getting slow wave sleep. This is the hmm. most restorative sleep the person's supposed to get. Like maybe I'm supplementing hmm. wrong. Maybe I'm over supplementing. And, you know, I fiddled with a bunch of things and I really couldn't find a reason why my slow wave sleep was low. This circles back to genetic testing. So I'm at a predisposition to have low levels of slow wave sleep. Mm. It's just the way I'm wired, right? Um, it really has nothing to do with my career as a shift worker. It's just the way I am. So I basically was like, okay, every morning I was looking at this and it was really wrecking my day to see how much little slow wave sleep I have. Mm. And, you know, I got athletes saying, oh yeah, I got 120 minutes of slow wave sleep. <laughs> I feel great. I'm just like, oh my God. So I ended up stopping tracking my sleep. Um, I gave the whoop to my partner, Jamie. So she started tracking her sleep and she is a hell of a lot more resilient mentally and emotionally than I am. Mm -hmm. And she's tracking, 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 and she's going through prep and she, you know, she's doing her low calorie stuff and preparing for bodybuilding contests. And then one day she stops wearing it and I'm like, Hey, how come you're not wearing your whoop? And she's like, ah, you know, it's kind of started messing with me. And I was like, that's interesting. Even the most resilient person. And I, yes, mm -hmm. I'm putting her on a pedestal, but she's very resilient. Mm -hmm. Um, she was just like, yeah, I don't need to see that anymore. I know <laughs> when I, I know when I get good sleep and I know when I don't, and I was right. like, Cool. And that's really what it comes down to. It's like, mm. if you like tracking data and you're a data nerd, it can be totally useful. You need to accumulate a lot of years. So the clients that I have that use it successfully, they have years of data mm. and they'll know, they'll be like, yep, I'll have a refeed on a Tuesday. And then on Thursday, I'll notice that my strain is down. Yeah. Like they'll able, they're able to correlate it in a delayed fashion. What's interesting, there usually is a delayed fashion, right? Mm -hmm. You'll do a brutal CNS workout on Wednesday. And then by Friday, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, my strain is way up, right? Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. Or my sleep is affected two nights later kind of thing. Right, so, right, yeah. so. right. Uh, so uh, one of the things I find most useful with the WHOOP, though, that, again, uh, to some extent is super interesting and something that I, I initially picked up from James Fitzgerald uh, back in the 2011, whatever. Back then he was using BioForce, Joel Jameson's company, uh, for the HRV. So do, are you mm -hmm. not a fan of the HRV side of it, or do you think there's – not enough kind of accuracy to it. Yeah. You know what? And I had the original BioForce too. Um, James yeah. got me into that. Yeah. And uh, uh, I actually couldn't use it appropriately. It's funny because 
um, at the time I had a really young child mm. who would like wake up every morning screaming. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, I guess I can't take my morning heart rate because right. <laughs> it's for, through the roof. <laughs> for, for anyone not familiar, so just uh, to give other folks a little bit, so yeah. the whoop is constantly monitoring your heart rate. HRV is the variability. So it's how much distance or time is there between each beat. If it's 0.6 seconds between each beat, let's say that's actually not great and is a sign that you're not well recovered and you're not prepared for the day. Uh, if you have some variability and, and your variability is high, so if your first beat is 0.6 and you have 1.1 and then 0.9 and then you just keep changing, that's actually a good sign. So uh, the WHOOP is constantly monitoring that and I think it's really taking that HRV reading uh, as it's best intended uh, toward the end of your sleep, beginning of your waking. Uh, the old school one that we were talking about here uh, back in 2011, as the technology was emerging, uh, you would have to put the heart strap on yep. um, as soon as you woke up and you had to plug it into your your smartphone, right? The little, uh, did you have the little whatever uh, sensor yep. thing? Yep. And, yep. Yeah, you had to plug it into that thing. So I remember that. And so you had to sit there and you had to lay there, I think for, it was, it was 60 seconds or three minutes or something like that. So, and it, yep. it sounds like that's something that wasn't going to happen for for Mike with no the not at the time I ended, up, <laughs> I ended up tracking my HRV at night which you know I, I, I got to see some trends um mm. you know yeah I'm not a this is just me and I'm, I'm biased to it um I don't see a lot of value in it either um mm. it just it's not that it's not interesting because it is it's, the science behind it's really cool but it honestly doesn't change much mm. it's like and I still always go back to biofeedback it's like you know, just because your HRV is whacked, does that mean you're not going to train or you're going to train differently? Or, but I'm always like, how do you feel as an athlete? How mm. do you feel if you want to go and crush it? And let's say, you know, every other variable is good. It's like, yeah, you, you've, you're well fed, you're well watered, you know, you've gotten the, the sleep that you think you need. Um, you should train, right? Mm. Um, you know, dictating how you train on a number is like, eh, I don't know. Um, and I've asked other athletes this too. Um, uh, Sarah Scholl is a, is a, is a close friend of mine and she's just like, yeah, she's like, I don't utilize any of that stuff. She's like, I don't use heart rate. I don't use anything. It's like I use biofeedback. Right. And here's somebody who's competing at the highest level and has competed for a very long time. Um, and I'm not saying that's the right answer, but it's just, that's an answer coming right from the top. And then the flip side of that would be Fikowski, who's like measuring everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, you don't need those to get to that level. Um, then they don't really change much. Um, I think, you know, out of all the variables when it comes to that, I think your resting heart rate might be a very good indicator, right? That's one where it's like, if your normal morning resting heart rate is like 52 beats a minute and you're, you know, for a week or something like that, or in a couple of days, you're waking up and you're in the sixties, then it's like, Hmm, there's a change. Am I overtrained? And that's usually what it comes down to. It's like, I'm under recovered. I'm potentially overtrained. Um, and, but you'll probably know that because of the things that you've done or the things you haven't done. Right. Mm. So when it do it without being really long winded, um, I put a much higher value on biofeedback than I would any device. That's just me. Yeah. So, so, yeah. and, and I'll, I'll say for those listening again, I think Mike's coming from a much more, uh, performance, performance based right? Not just pure longevity and, yeah. and health space yeah. uh, mindset. So I'm going to share that actually uh, my wife caught COVID 
and then of course gave it to me. So yep. this past week has been interesting. Uh, we, I'm still, we're in the quarantine phase now. Um, so seeing the HRV has been pretty interesting. Oh, for, I bet. <laughs> uh, for the, the, the data. And so in terms of, uh, long-term effects. And so that's my biggest concern now is, yeah. um, again, like my, my, to your point, it kind of had my normal resting heart rate, I think is 54 or something like that. Yep. And it's been in the 60s, 70s, even, I think it was even 77 the other day. Um, and the respiratory rate, which is the big thing. And they've actually published some studies. I don't know if you're familiar with this mm-hmm. about in, in, uh, I think New England journal of medicine or JAMA, uh, about that respiratory rate that they're tracking, which I don't even know how they track respiratory rate on here, but I trust that they're doing it right. Um, but, uh, basically what, what it'll show is your, if your respiratory rate is 15.0, um, it, that won't change for a year. It won't go up or down more than one. You might go to 15.5, you might go to 14.8 or something like that. But you know, when you get hit with COVID, it goes to 17.5 or something like that. And it's just, it's, a, it's, and, and they're just, uh, they're able to tell that you have COVID before you even test positive for it. So um, interesting stuff. And then in terms of recovery, um, long term as well, um, it's something that I'm, I'm definitely trying to figure out at this point how to maximize that data to ensure that because I and I haven't worked out since uh, almost a week now. And I'm just oh. like, I don't I don't even. Yeah, it's a weird feeling. Um, my, my calf muscles feel like they're atrophying. And <laughs> I'm like, I should probably do some squats at least or something. But um, that's interesting, yeah. bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I ended up, uh, I ended up getting COVID actually back in end of November, beginning of December. And, um, I mean, I don't track my heart rate on a daily basis, but I mean, and it crushed me. It crushed me hard. Right. It was like 10 days of like, of being bedridden. And a couple of those days it was like, eh, I might need to go to the hospital. It was really that mm, bad. Wow. It's interesting out of the four of us that got it. Um, I was by far the most severe. Uh, Jamie had like super mild symptoms, like really mild. We didn't even know she had it at first. Yeah. And then two friends of ours that are in their, their late twenties, they were sick, but not quite as sick as me. Like I was really crushed. Um, mm. but recovering from that actually was, uh, was really interesting. Um, because I felt okay until I started to do some aerobic stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting on the assault bike one day and I was spinning just like 21 miles an hour, like really easy pace. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at my heart rate. I'm like, I'm at 160 beats a minute. Yeah. I'm like, this is not very cool. <laughs> and then um, I was doing some deadlifts at, uh, one day, just trap bar deadlifts. I was doing like sets of 10, 315. And just from a personal point of view, that's not a difficult weight for me. Mm-hmm. I'm on a trap bar. And it was like my recovery between those sets was like seven to eight minutes because I was breathing yeah. so hard. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this has actually had a significant effect. And I'm up, so that was back November, December. Mm-hmm. And I've made an effort to work on more of some aerobic stuff on the assault bike. And it's, I'm getting to the point now where I feel okay. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, think about it. Um, I, I like to think that I do everything right. Like it's like, you know, I, I take my curcumin, I, my diet's pretty <laughs> dialed. I don't drink right. little, barely any alcohol. I take a lot of vitamin D, like all of vitamin C, zinc, all the stuff yeah. that's supposed to help your immunity. And it, it really crushed me hard. Right. Yeah. I'm sure so, again, you mentioned your shift work and just, you know, how far behind the eight ball that puts you, unfortunately, yeah. uh, for those, for those not familiar, again, listening, uh, shift work has been, uh, categorized as a, 
think it's type one a carcinogen. Is that, yep. that is, I forget yes. the exact class of boots is basically the same as smoking. Um, and some of the other really terrible, like things that we know as again, just like most likely going to give you cancer, um, mm. unfortunately. And so again, that's where I'm sure someone like Mike is, um, trying everything he can to avoid the yeah. negative effects of that. Um, but yep. you know, that's where I'm sure, uh, you know, that would be my simple theory, at least wherever that's worth of, of probably why you got hit so hard with it. And you just you're, you're unfortunately uh, having that. And that's where, again, uh, my, my thought with the whoop is, especially now that I'm going to start recovering. And, you know, um, yeah, like my recovery has been uh, in single digits for the last five days, six mm -hmm. days. And I woke up this morning to your point and yep. I felt like just like a normal night's sleep. I'm like, ah, I feel good. And then I looked at it and it said like six percent recovery. And I'm like, <laughs> mother. <laughs> and, but I'm like, I feel pretty good. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm here talking to you. Like I'm having a little coffee, whatever. But like, I'm ready to go in, into the gym and work out. But it's it's a question of, yeah, like what's safe? Again, we don't know a lot at this point. Um, the biggest concern for me, I do have history of heart disease in my family. Right. So uh, my father actually passed away from a heart attack at 41. I'm now 37. Um, this COVID has been linked significantly to causing inflammation and some damage to the heart. Um, so it's a question of how much do I push it? Uh, do I need to double up on my kind of healthy and, and building that aerobic base back up and making sure I do that as fast as possible? Um, you know, again, like my D levels are good. C level, you know, I take yeah. a lot of the same stuff we're talking about here, yeah. thinking I'm doing a lot of the right stuff. Um, and yeah, again, fortunately for me, I wasn't like on the verge of, of, um, having to go to hospital or anything like that. It's been, it's been like a pretty significant flu, but, um, yeah, it's just been more, more than anything to me. It's, uh, it's been this thing telling me, Hey dude, yeah. like your, your physiology is not doing great. Yeah. Um, like you're, you know, uh, the respiratory rates kind of jumping all over the place too. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's interesting data to say the least. It is, it is. And it's just, it's basically quantifying, you know, the same thing that I guess, you know, I've, I've experienced too, you know, and it's, it's, um, yeah, I find it really fascinating. You know, a couple of things this is a little bit of a tangent, but a couple of things that I've implemented sort of post COVID, um, regarding heart health, cause it's a concern of mine, you know, I'm, yeah, I consult on the performance side, uh, Jamie consults on the bodybuilding side, but we're both in our forties and I'm getting close to 50. So it's like the longevity aspect actually is a lot more interesting to me of I've implemented a higher dose of coenzyme Q10 mm. and I've inter um, implemented uh, citrus bergamot. So both of those have been well studied regarding cardiovascular health. Um, and so I'm doing 200 milligrams a day of ubiquinol, not ubiquinone, ubiquinol. So it's the reduced form. Um, and I'm doing uh, 500 milligrams twice a day of citrus bergamot. Um, and if, if, you know, if, I've, if I've noticed a perceptible effect, I think since I've, and I've taken 100 milligrams of ubiquinol on and off for many years. And it's always been one I've been like, eh, it's pretty pricey. I don't know. Do I need it? <laughs> um, it's one of those things. It's like, well, they say it's good for me, so I'm just gonna take keep taking right. it. And when I'm when I'm don't take it, I'm like, I don't even know if I noticed anything. Since I've doubled up to 200, it's like I notice the energy levels are better, the recovery's better, everything <laughs> seems to be better, right? Um, so those are ones that are kind of staples within my mm. supplement regime now, and that's like a longevity aspect, cardiovascular yeah. aspect. So yeah. Um, what mm -hmm. I'll say real quick upon that, uh, it's a really interesting, uh, A, I think that's super interesting. I'm going to have to look into both of those for myself totally. now. Yeah, man. Do um, it. Yeah. And then I will say we we were taught told about, I have it here. It's uh, 
my wife ended up working with a functional medicine doctor in California, and then she referred us to, uh, once we got uh, tested positive with it, a uh, evil chi destroyer uh, of, of an, it was an herbal, I'm gonna grab it over here. Yeah, I'll, I'll read it out to you. I'm curious your take on it. It's a silver flower. We, I don't know if you've ever oh, seen that no, thing. And it's, it's just a bunch of proprietary blend. It's a bicol skullcap root, bitter apricot okay. seed, blackberry, lily, rhizome, cassia twig, Chinese thorowax root, chuling, common, um, it's just a bunch of stuff. Um, so anyway, I mean, it's not, a, it's not cheap. Um, it's supposed to help mitigate long-term effects. Uh, but what I was going to say, aside from this, and if you have thoughts on that, I would love to hear that. Um, again, worst case, we, you know, we have expensive P is what I always say about, um, <laughs> about supplements that may or may not work. Um, but you know, the, uh, what I was going to say about all that as you were talking is, Research. So when it comes to supplements and research, mm -hmm. um, A, the majority of research gets done on college kids, right? Uh, how, how often are we finding studies about firefighters who are in their 40s, um, yeah. who are chasing this? And for those uh, who want to go check out Mike's Instagram, um, he is ripped out of his mind. He has like <laughs> a 72 pack uh, of abs. Um, he stays very lean. So, you know, but bottom line is there's not a lot of other specimens like that out there. When you talk about research and when you're talking about what does CoQ10 in, in, in a reduced form of ubiquinol do for Mike or for somebody else, um, you know, it's, there's not something we can look at and say, hey, like this study showed that, you know, in these, this population, it did this. So when it comes to research um, for supplements, especially, it's, it's just super um, up in the air, you have to take it with a grain of salt, like we've, we've said, it yeah. depends. and, um, well, my, my, I guess closing thought on that is, is at the end of the day, that self-experimentation is really like, you know, you're tracking that as much as you can yourself. Yeah. It's, and it's really tough to find, you know, it's getting better now out there now. So they're, you know, they're doing research on trained fed athletes. And now if we're looking at a supplement, we're like, Hey, what's the carryover for this into the performance industry? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you know, studies on trained fed athletes are few and far between. Um, we're getting more of those, right? Um, but it's always like, you know, we're looking at studies and it's, oh, this is an endurance athlete study, or this is a bodybuilder study, or this is a uh, animal-based model I was going to say, rat, yeah. rats is another, you know, yeah, I didn't even uh, mention that. Then. A lot of studies are on rats, so Lots, we don't, and we, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, does, does, does that have potential application to humans? It always does, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's always best. So this is how I look at a supplement. If I'm like considering it for myself, I'm like, okay, is there, is there human-based trials on it? If there isn't, then I'm like, yeah, it's probably garbage. Um, it doesn't mean it is, but it's just like, I'm going to wait on that until I try it on myself. And then if there is, what type of subjects do they use? Like you said, if it's like untrained college age males, well, does that have application to the 40 year old mm -hmm. uh, female athlete? Right. Probably, I don't, who knows, maybe, maybe right. not, but you know, you give a college aged male a peanut butter sandwich, he's probably going to get better. Um, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter what he does. Right. Right. Um, untrained versus trained. There's huge application differences there. Untrained people are going to get better almost no matter what you do. Right. Mm -hmm. But then athletes are going to respond differently. Right. Um, but then there's like the N equals one and there's tons of value in that people will dismiss it, but it's like, I have clients who take supplements that I don't recommend. 
I'm not that I'm like, hey, you shouldn't take that. I'm just like, no, it wouldn't be one that I would RX. But they're like, hey, you know, I've been taking this and it works for me and I like it. I'm like, cool, if it's not going to do you any harm, and it's just going to maybe empty your pocketbook a little bit. <laughs> if you feel there's value for you, then by all means, for right. sure. Um, you just want to make sure whatever you're taking isn't going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. As far as the, um, is it silver flower? I haven't heard of that one. <laughs> yeah, I just quickly did a Google on it. I'm like, there, oh, I can't really. golden flower and silver flower. I have yeah. the uh, full, they, they come with these full pamphlets explaining it if you want to. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking, I did a quick Google and I'm like, looking uh, at this. And when it comes to Chinese medicine, I'm like, man, that's a whole world. In <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. like, and you can't dismiss it either, though, because it's, it's much, been around for 5,000 years. Yeah. Right? And it's, you know, it's a lot like, and I always use this example of like bro science, right? So within the bodybuilding community, there's a lot of experimentation. And that's a really a huge understatement. But um, there's a lot of things that bodybuilders have been doing for mm. years and years and years. And only now the science is catching up. Right. And as an example would be protein intake. Lots of people mm -hmm. are like, oh my God, they eat too much protein. And, you know, it's going <laughs> to wreck their kidneys and do all this stuff. Well, as the science has caught up to it, it's like, hey, actually, no, you know, it's fine for your kidneys. And actually, you know, going above one gram per pound body weight actually has some very awesome application as far as body composition goes. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. like, yes, eating more protein than you weigh actually is pretty beneficial for your body composition. And there's mm -hmm. like some very well-controlled studies on that now. So it's like, yeah. yes, when it comes to something like Chinese medicine, you know, would the silver flower help you post COVID? <laughs> it might, it might. I'm actually going to look into it a little bit just to see. I'll so. send you, I'll send you any of that info if yeah, you want. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, but for the sure. question then becomes when will Nova three be coming out with the like heart, you know, max, <laughs> max heart health or max COVID recovery formula. <laughs> I think well, that's, uh, it might. You never know. You never know. I seem to be biased in, in what I formulate. So um, I was going to yeah. say, so I remember when we first, uh, again, talked many years ago, uh, you know, the max sleep seemed to come out of uh, the fact that there wasn't a great product on the market at the time. I won't say which other uh, product was very prominent. And we spoke uh, behind the scenes about yeah. what was wrong with that formulation. Um, uh, that was very popular at the time, but yeah, again, it, it, it was something that you said, I don't, I don't like the fact that it has this much. And again, like, I love that stuff too, uh, hearing like what's wrong with these formulations, like, and just understanding, um, different, uh, reactions between different herbs, different, um, yeah. chemicals. So, uh, and again, Mike is the guy to go to for all that. I would Thanks. definitely defer uh, on a lot of that. So he was able to break that down for me of like, yeah, I don't like this other popular, kind of sleep formula because of X, Y, Z. And yeah. so it came out of necessity. Like, I, I think I can do better. And I think I, I have the knowledge base, which again, when you have that knowledge base, you said initially you were kind of locked in entrepreneur. And it's just, if you have that knowledge base, like you, it, it's almost, uh, uh, not disrespectful, but it's, it's a disservice if you don't share that with, with the world. <laughs> right. So well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that, that uh, you know, took us down that path of, of you, eventually creating these formulations that hopefully again are helping a bunch of athletes out at this time. And, and again, mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I don't, you guys don't even really market to more of the general population that much, do you? Or are you starting um, to a little more? Yeah. I mean, we always started to, I mean, you know, the CrossFit bubble has always been interesting. The economic CrossFit bubble where, um, you know, lots of companies have been created from the economic mm -hmm. buildup of CrossFit and Nova three yeah. labs is one of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And to break away from, the CrossFit demographic is really hard because that's where we're, we're best known, right? And I'm best known for consulting with performance-based athletes. But I mean, a lot of the a lot of the supplements obviously have carryover 
into the average person or the non-athlete, especially when it comes to something like an adrenal support formula or sleep formula or something like max rehab, you know, for, for not so much just acute injuries, but for like chronic inflammation, you know, mm -hmm. the, the high dose of curcumin in there. It's like, I don't market it as such, but that's like, from a personal point of view, that's something I take every day. That's something my dad who's 77, he takes it every day. He's not an athlete, mm. right? but the, the benefits of something like daily curcumin are like amazing. Right. So, right. Um, something like that is like, it does carry over into the, into the non-athlete for sure. But to market beyond there is like, it's, it can be difficult. Right. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, I want to be respectful of your time unless you want to keep going. I'm sure we can nerd out about all sorts of other stuff. Um, but I know you're a busy human. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. No, we will have to do a, we'll have to do a part two. Uh, yeah, we'll I'd, love part two. I'd love yeah, that. I'd love that. We didn't sure. really get to the three directly <laughs> that you sent me, but I was just um... thinking that. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So Bo sent me. He's like, "Hey, what are some topics you want to talk about?" I'm like, "Oh man, I could talk about anything." Yeah. But I was like, I like talking about feeling for performance versus aesthetics. So that's mm -hmm. always a super, like almost every client that I have, we talk about this performance versus aesthetics. It's like people want to look good naked. But man, they want to go faster, stronger. And sometimes yeah. they're at odds with each other. And yeah. we talked about supplementation. And then, you know, this, the third one kind of said, you know, it's connected with the first one. It's like prioritizing, prioritizing goals within training, diet, and supplementation. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are big, deep rabbit holes to go yeah. down. So. Yeah, that's where I kept looking at my list of like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Cause, and, you know, I don't know if you've seen, um, there's a podcast called Tangentially Speaking. Mm. Um, it's, uh, what's the, he wrote sex at dawn, I think. Oh about, yeah. Yeah. I read sex uh, at dawn. Yeah. 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 So I can't think of the guy's name right now. Sorry. Mm -hmm. But, uh, uh, but anyway, tangent, I'm always thinking, you know, cause I do it too. And I end up, uh, kind of almost inspiring. I think a lot of my guests to go on different tangents and, and we, you know, but that's just the nature of some of these fun conversations. Yeah, man. That's the so, best. It's the best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So again, I want to be respectful of cool. uh, your time and, uh, I'd love to do another one for sure. Um, totally. and, if uh, you want to let people know best places to find you. Yeah. You uh, you know, we didn't actually get into all the evils of social media too much, <laughs> but um, the best place to find me is on social media. Um, evil or not, that's where I am. So I'd be at, um, at Mike Elevated. Um, so my consulting company outside of Nova is Elevated Experience Coaching. Um, that's where Jamie and I do the vast majority of our consulting. And I still consult through Nova, but the vast majority is with... Uh, um, elevated experience. So that's usually the best place. So drop me, drop me a DM, shoot me a message, make a comment. And I love answering questions. Um, so yeah, lift up, lift up your chest so people can see the shirt there. Cause it's, <laughs> oh, it's oh. the shirt. Yeah. No, yeah. you don't have to lift your shirt up. I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Elevated experience. Yep. And that's so if, if you are looking, I just, uh, we talked earlier, if you're looking for their podcast, the elevated, the ED, that E is a three kind of like Nova three labs. Um, that's, that's it there. Yes. Elevated, Elevated project. project. Yeah. That's where Jamie, yeah. myself and Christine talk about anything and everything. Yeah. Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah, I'm man. still, still working on my show notes thing flow. <laughs> I haven't had a lot of people uh, complain and or request anything there. So I'm just not cool. taking the time to do it. If people want it though, happy to, to, you know, get that, uh, tightened up and cleaned up and figure out and whatever. So cool. anyway, yeah. Mike, man, I really appreciate your time. Thanks, uh, Bill. You can stay on a little bit and we'll, we'll, we'll sign yep. it off. And, uh, cool. again, hope you guys got something out of it. I hope you got 1% better or not 3% better, uh, from <laughs> it. And, uh, we'll talk soon guys. Right on.